Welcome to Revealing Men, conversations that pull back the curtain, revealing the inner lives of men. I'm Randy Flood, psychotherapist and director of the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan. I would like to welcome both Otha Brown and Al Haystack back to the Revealing Men podcast. Thanks for coming, guys. Doing a little threesome here with uh, with our conversation today about accountability. They are two uh, principal therapists at the Men's Resource Center in West Michigan, offering individual and group counseling, counseling both for domestic abuse, anger management, and sex addiction and pornography problems. They are seasoned and well-versed in understanding what we at the Men's Resource Center believe to be the cornerstone of helping men recover from such behavioral struggles and addictions and that cornerstone is accountability. So we want to talk today about deepening and expanding what this journey of accountability that we um, take men on. And I thought maybe just starting with defining it. Um, when we talk about mm-hmm. accountability, what do you guys, uh, how would you define accountability and why do we think it's the cornerstone or the foundation for change? Well, we definitely see Ben... Um, come into our service and feeling a lot of shame mm-hmm. and um you know reporting that they've um they've uh, you know cried a lot and felt really bad about what they did and um accountability is being uh responsible for your behavior in all that sense you're not making an excuse and you're not uh, blaming your partner for your behavior. You're able mm-hmm. to take responsibility for it. Yet, they miss the impact of their behavior on their partner. They're saying, I'm taking responsibility, but they don't really, really understand the impact of their behavior, and I think it's so important that they do. So it's a it's a broadening mm-hmm. of not only accepting kind of what we did, but accepting... The impact that it had on someone else. Is yes, kind of the other part of it. For sure. What would you say, Al? How would you expand? Well, that? I think that what Oath is saying is 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 right on, and that um, there can be a kind of an acknowledgement. Um, it's been pretty rare in my experience over the years where somebody would say, "Well, I, you know, I didn't do I didn't do anything at all." Right. I mean. Mm-hmm whatever the police report says or whatever she said, it's not true, it was made up, or, you know, that is, that's extraordinarily rare. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's but, magical thinking. Of, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Right. <laughs> it's disappeared. <laughs> but, but what's much more common yeah. is, is that, well, there is acknowledgement. There is a kind of, well, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel bad about it. Yeah, I did this. and um, But then to get away from just reporting about well here here you know here's why I did what I did I mean you know she was doing this and and yeah I mean you know what would you guys have done I mean you know I just pushed her I mean you know she was in my face or whatever that is right so it's really not easy to get to owning the impact on somebody else And, uh, you know, we talk about, well, what gets in the way? And you were talking about how feeling feeling shame, right? Yeah, of course, of course. Because many many guys will, 
<clears throat> they'll talk about what they did. And then soon after, they're talking about their experience as a kid, the way they were raised, mm. you know, the behavior of a, a parent or a father figure. And um, <clears throat> in some ways, they're thinking that uh, this was helpful for them. And it rationalizes what they did in their relationship. Mm. And, and you know the stories many times. It's a story of being treated violently, mm. abusively, and um, no one there to explain, hey, that's wrong. And there are better ways to to teach this lesson. But um, uh, I think, Al, you talked about passing your pain on to others in this way, being wounded and then passing it on to someone else. And uh, this is where the conversation goes from mm. the shame to the rationalization of what yeah. the behavior was, done, was uh, you know, where and why they did what they did. Yeah. So the mm. lack, so the lack of me, you could take off on this. Else, the lack of um, kind of rationalizing what happened to them. If they have their own trauma, their own abuse, is mm. like if I I deserved it or somehow that's the way you make better men by you know treating you know punishing you or or shaming you. If they can't have compassion for what happened to them, then that is a barrier for them having compassion to others. Sure. Yeah, and if um, somebody is sort of conditioned, right, to sort of what we live with, we learn. What we learn, we practice. Mm. So this is this is what I, I know, you know, when there's an infraction or a punishment or something that, you know, we agree on that we're not supposed to be doing, well, then there's this consequence. And so, you know, <clears throat> partner and I, we agreed to this, and she didn't. She didn't do it, so you know I got upset, and then and then this one thing led to another, and so yeah, it can really be how do how do we move that needle? You know, because we're all uh, we we can all relate to some degree of well, what did you learn growing up? Right. I, mm-hmm. I mean, we all learned lessons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So going back to this idea of cornerstone, why why don't you think change why hmm. change can't happen without accountability? And why is it that that becomes the cornerstone of the foundation? What is it about? If someone's hmm. accountable, I think of it as like they if they're not accountable, they're probably not talking about themselves. I remember that scene in Goodwill Hunting when Robin Williams, a therapist, was uh-huh. Was saying to Matt Damon, it's like you don't want to you don't want to talk about yourself, do you? Because you're afraid of what you might say. And it's that that idea that if if you're not talking about if you're if you're not accountable, you're not able to talk about yourself. Not able to mm-hmm. talk about what's going on with you. You're probably externalizing and talking about others. So I mm-hmm. I want to see if you guys want to add to that. But change can't happen without accountability because if we're not accountable, we're not talking about ourselves. Right. For sure. And, you know, we talk about vulnerability of being uh, willing to be exposed mm-hmm. and uh, talk about yourself in a transparent manner. And, um, you know, that has a, a lot of connection with uh, being 
being connected with your partner, you know, without accountability, without vulnerability, mm-hmm. there can be no connection. And this is the problem in a lot of relationships that men come in mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and for better for better or worse, sort of object, uh, objectifying their their partner mm-hmm. and not really making a connection on a feeling level mm-hmm. and start fighting. Start arguing, yeah, and uh, disagreements, and uh, using power strategies, right? Uh, because they fail to be vulnerable and make connections with their partner. So to be accountable means that I really need to let go of control, right? And I mean, so I need to be able to say. Yeah, I did. I did push her. I acknowledge that. And and then, you know, you might ask, well, how do you think she felt about that? Mm-hmm. And maybe after a while, I kind of go, oh, she didn't like it. <laughs> um, well, how do you think she felt? You might ask. Uh, uh, well, she said it hurt. Hurt her. So how do you feel about that you hurt her. Uh, uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, well, she, she made me mad, mm-hmm. right? So accessing that vulnerability like you're talking about and not getting into the adrenaline of, of being angry or frustrated or defensive, um, you know, the, so the enemy of accountability isn't just those emotions because those emotions are in the service, service of my trying to stay in control. Absolutely. Because if I have that adrenaline going, then I'm trying to manage the conversation mm-hmm. and or control the conversation. Well, you, we talk about, in, you know, accountability being enhanced when you can add, we mentioned empathy. Um, You guys were talking a little bit about empathy, but also this idea of of humility. And that's kind of like being vulnerable is like being more humble, being willing to open up and share things about ourselves that might be, um, make us feel shame, make us feel guilt. But I'm just wondering about what you see in the transformations group, you know, guys working with, you know, sex addiction, acting out behaviors in a sexual way or the domestic group, how does humility serve them? What do you, how do you see that transformation even in a group where someone starts out maybe with, with armored, with pride, with let me tell you, and I don't want to talk about myself. And then it shifts into Mm. more humility and how does that help them? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, when we're, (coughs) when we're, Unable to access um, a man's feelings, mm-hmm. it's um, it's for some very you know obvious reasons. It's the way we've been socialized and raised that you know if I start talking about my feelings, then I'm no longer masculine. And a lot of guys do feel that. You ask them, you know, can we talk about? No, oh, that's soft. I don't, I don't want to be soft. And you know, one of the things that we have to deal with is, um, you know, guys being able to be different and um, 
and to uh, trust us enough to um, open up and uh, be uh, transparent. And it's not so much to be soft, it's about being honest and being human. Mm. And so this is how we work towards getting past that socialization screen is to talk about, but you're a human being mm. and you do have emotions and this is the time to talk about it. Um, and it does lead to, um, you know, better accountability because your partner is also a human being and we've got to talk about her feelings and how you affected her feelings. And so... Uh, I know it sounds like a mess, but <laughs> right, <laughs> try to straighten it out. But but also emotions, you know, that's feelings. That's for that's for sissies. I mean, that's why would we need to do that in this group? That's, that's just fix problems. And I mean, do you ever hear that? That's oh, just, absolutely. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just hear the blatant. I don't want to talk about feelings. <laughs> you know, <just laughs> yeah. The storm because it's such a threat for men who believe their masculinity is absolved of of feelings. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, when you talk about your, your remorse, you're having feelings. And there's a whole chain of connected emotions that we want you to be able to talk about and identify and express. Because without that, your only option is to act out in a violent way. Right. And uh, that's not what you want to do. You said that already. Right. Or like for you, Al, you run the the transformations group and, you know, it's like acting out in a sexual way, <clears throat> you know. So how do you see humility or talking about emotions, as Otho was saying, as a way to help them to be less likely to act out sexually or less likely to use that as a way of expressing emotion or or experiencing a sense of community or connection in a false way. Yeah, I, I think a lot of it has to do with how men interact with each other in the group mm. and dealing with the shame issues, dealing with their, um, their, their sense that, well, yeah, I can't talk about my hurt or my disappointment or my sadness. Um, that's not really what I do. But of course, I have those experiences. <clears throat> and in the group process, men will talk about it, whether it's their case of domestic violence or how they got caught in an affair mm. and how they felt humiliated, how they felt um, really deep shame and upset with themselves. And those discussions are really fruitful in terms of accountability. Right. Because <clears throat> for many men, they may not have had the experience of other men who are in the same kind of boat that they are, right? They're, where they're listened to and they're accepted even though they did what they did. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, we talk a lot, at, right, at Men's Resource Center about how probation officers and partners and others, right, friends of the court, whoever, they want men to get accountable and be empathic. Right. Well, we try to create an experience for men where they can, in a safe place, look at what they did, 
be accountable for it, and also to experience empathy mm. from us, not not uh, not a con- you know condoning their behavior, but to go, hey, we we're all humans. We all make mistakes. And the power of the group, of course, is that you're not less than, you're not better than, you're just one of the guys here. Right. Yeah. And <clears throat> yeah, you're not comparing each other. I mean, some guys will do that. You'll say, well, I didn't get arrested or I didn't have this legal problem. I just, <clears throat> I came here voluntarily. It's like, well, that might have a little encouragement from their spouse. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's like, it's like it's not about um, measuring in a, on a hierarchy of who, how bad someone is by how they behave, but just seeing that the inner struggle that contributes to the behavior, whatever it is, that they all have in common. Yeah, and the the power of the group, I can't say enough, because I I do individual se- sessions with everyone. Yeah, and and sometimes I get people who blatantly say, you know, I won't talk in group. I won't, I don't talk in group. And I say, well, you can give it a shot and see what you think. Just come and sit and listen and we'll start there. Because it's a recommended treatment for men. (laughs) Come and try. And you know, after a couple of times, and I've just seen it over and over, guys are coming in and they are bearing their soul. They are talking like, you know, like they were group participants for years. And um, this is an opportunity for a man to be different. Now, he thinks of himself as, I don't talk in group. But he gets there and he hears the comments of other men and other men mentioning their feelings and their experiences. And he comes out and he's different. Yeah, and you allowed him to be in the group without requiring him to talk. (laughs) I don't talk. (laughs) Right, that's the way to show up, right? We got a seat for you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but it, it's amazing, and mm. uh, just appreciate it every time it yeah. happens. It, yeah, I've said to guys who 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 say, "Well, I, you know, I don't feel very comfortable in a group," um, and I've shared this with group as well that, that I've actually changed my view of how group works. For the longest time, I thought that the best that a, a man could get from our group was to openly share what was going on with them and get feedback from other people. Now, I clearly think that that's very important. No doubt, that's a part of the process. But what happens most of the time is that men are not talking. They're listening mm-hmm. to what other, what other men are saying. And I think over time, that, that is what really makes the biggest difference. And I can, I can also look at my own experience of being in a men's group myself. Right. And that was my experience. As valuable as it was to talk about what was going on for me, it was so powerful to listen to other men honestly talk about what was happening for them. And um, and it's like, oh, nobody got up and left. Right. 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 Nobody yeah. fell out of their chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I w- I'd like to read a quote from, you guys familiar with Bell Hooks? Uh, she's an African-American feminist author, and she recently passed. I don't know if you knew that or not, mm. just, just a month, a couple months ago. But um, um, The Courage to Change is a book that she wrote, um, and she you know, writes about patriarchy, and so much about <clears throat> patriarchy is about what, you know, what, it has, what it does to 
people with less power in society, the underprivileged and what it does to them. And mm-hmm. and I think she does a nice job talking about what it does to men. And I wonder if you could comment on how groups help men heal after you hear this. She says, the first act of violence that patriarchy demands of males is not violence toward women. Instead, patriarchy demands of all males that they engage in acts of psychic self-mutilation, that they kill off the emotional parts of themselves. If an individual is not successful in emotionally crippling himself, he can count on other patriarchal men to enact rituals of power that will assault his self-esteem. Yeah. So I think of our groups, and she describes, you know, how male socialization, more traditional, we're doing a little better job, I think, today, but, you know, more historically, we're all, you know, in our... 50s, 60s and stuff here sitting around mm-hmm. this table, but we all remember <clears throat> how that gets pummeled out of us first, that you, those softer parts of our humanity get pummeled out of us mm-hmm. in the socialization process. And that makes us, like you said earlier, with the passing that pain that Go that on. creates on us onto others. Yeah, And I think that other men also diss each other and bully each other and not hold safe spaces for us to heal. Yeah. But these groups, I think, as you guys were talking about, this is a place where all of a sudden guys start talking because there's some nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Some healing. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're coming together for that. Many guys, as I say, mm-hmm. they come into our service and they are full of shame. And it hurts that they've done something to hurt mm-hmm. their partner. Mm-hmm. And the first people they meet, if we can understand their pain and point them in the direction of uh, healing, uh, they're very appreciative. Mm-hmm. And in the group, although it is uh, very popular to kind of like play the one-upmanship game <laughs> or, you know, did you hear about the truck that I bought and things like that. Yeah. Um, with that kind of conversation gets cut short because, you know, I'm the facilitator. I'm reminding people, hey, we're here for. <laughs> Remember what you came <laughs> for? Is This is what we want to solve. Are we here? It's an opportunity. And the guys get it. Mm-hmm. It's not, uh, I think... Ms. Hooks is right that uh, patriotism does that, mm. but we don't go willingly. We have a, we have a, 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 a grasp on our humanity, and we don't go willingly. Mm. And when we give guys a chance to be human with each other, they take it. They take yeah. it. Mm. They, 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 they stop the one-upmanships. They're stopping the put-downs, and they're mm. stopping the embarrassment. And they're beginning to open up and be for real. Mm. And and it's it's uh, I said before I'm amazed at when it happens, but it happens in groups, and guys get it. Yeah, I don't you think know. I think that's a really great description because because getting back to kind of humility, I think that's how men learn humility. That's how I learned humility. Is is from being in a community, mm-hmm. being with other people. You don't you don't learn humility by reading a book. No, you be you be with other people and you deal with those feelings of, well, you know, I'm bigger than you are, or I have a better truck than you do, or mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. We yeah. deal with, or, or I'm less than. You know, the guy that comes into treatment, 
for the second or third time yeah. and says, oh, I'm the worst of you guys. Yeah. I'm a retread, you know, mm -hmm. um, who's got all this shame. And that's not about humility. And, or the guy that comes in and says, well, you know, gosh, guys, uh, I've only got one DUI. <laughs> right <clears throat> um or or whatever or i only got one db case or i've only got one and yeah. that is just the opposite of learning how to be connected so my shame i'm worse than or my arrogance i'm better than the group experience gives us a chance to deal with both of those kind of feelings and come to another place where you know what I'm just one of the I'm just one of the human beings in right. here, and when I get to that place, then I can be more accountable and empathic. I agree, and I, you know, just seeing guys from different uh, financial status. Mm -hmm. I've yeah, had guys who own companies, ran businesses, in charge of right. hundreds of people. Right, come sit in a group next to a guy that works on a right. factory assembly line. Right, right. <laughs> they help each other just as easily as if right. they were all the mm. same financially. And right. um, you know, I worry about that sometimes. You're right. mixing up, but the group process takes over. And uh, mm. as you said, you learn a lot from listening to other men, not from what they have and what they've done, but what they've experienced and their, their emotions. Yeah. And they relate to one another in that way. So often the enemy is, is isolation being, you know, this kind of Lone Ranger idea. Mm -hmm. And my arrogance will keep me isolated. My shame will keep me isolated. But this humility piece of, of hey, you know what? We're more alike than we're different. Yeah. Identify with each other. Don't compare. Just be, you know, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, that is, uh, that's, that's, that's good medicine for yeah. us all. Yeah. Just to kind of <clears throat> go with the, you know, I said that uh, Bell Hooks, you know, she recently passed and it made me think you were talking about community and how being in men's groups is so important. And I think of, wow, we just lost Robert Bly. Yeah. Recently, who's you know this pioneer right. of seeing the benefits of men gathering um, and sharing and talking um, and coming out of this isolation that that was created in the industrial revolution and such and um, but yeah, I just want to recognize and name that too. You and I were together at a, one of his events in Kalamazoo and took our sons and and. Uh, Got the chance to hear Robert Bly talk mm. and read some poems, and our, kid, yeah, our kids thought we were a little nutty at the time. But right. <clears throat> what are we doing? <laughs> we're gonna go listen to some poems. We're gonna go, you know, sit around and drum and stand around a fire and and then listen to lectures and talk about our lives. And mm -hmm. it was it was good for them. Yeah. Zach still talks about it. Robert, Robert Bly would, uh, <laughs> said that, um, and I don't know if he had a if he had daughters, but he talked about how um, that he had he didn't have anxiety about having a daughter. Mm. He had anxiety about having a son. Mm. He had an idea about kind of what to do with the daughter, but what do I do with <laughs> raising a raising a boy? Right? Mm. Yeah, and. Uh, and we just know now that uh, 
they all need love and understanding and being able to uh, be be human beings. Yeah. 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 And that's kind of like if you don't get that as a young man and you end up with problems <laughs> with hurting others because of the pain you carry, then we have a place here where we create these sacred circles to give people a chance to reclaim that and reconnect to their heart. Um connect to empathy for themselves and others and be a better human being. Yeah, better so men. accountability, so accountability yeah. has has uh you know at the end of our conversation it's like okay. Um I can own what I did. I can own the feelings I have about it. I can connect the dots between what I did and how that affected my partner or somebody else or maybe my child and have conversations about that without getting all upset and defensive because I know that I'm not, uh, I don't have to identify with those bad things that I did, right? I can say, I can own that I did those things, but mm. that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm this bad guy. Right. Yeah. 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 Since I, I tell guys, you know, you're not bad guys. You did some bad stuff. Right. Yeah. And then we have to separate that. Yeah. Right. You know, if you're going to grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Al, Anofa, thanks for coming in and chatting about the the importance of accountability and why it's the cornerstone of our work. And um, it begins, it's the foundation, but we do so much more, but we can't do much without it. So it was important that we came and talked about it today. Thank you. Quite well. Thanks for listening to another episode of Revealing Men. If you're looking for more information about counseling, coaching, and consultative services, please visit the Men's Resource Center of West Michigan online at menscenter.org. Also, feel free to contact us on our website if you have questions about this segment, ideas for a topic, or would like to be a guest on the Revealing Men podcast. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a rating so others can find us. Be well and have a great day.